0: college soccer nation with former smu and current chicago red stars head coach chris patricelli and old miss head coach matt mott if you like this podcast download tell your friends and leave a five-star review on any of your favorite podcast providers now let's hear from coach Petroselli and coach mott
1: well 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 college soccer nation what a day it is here for us i am matt mott the head coach of the old miss rebels and i am very excited to be joined with the new head coach of the Chicago Red Stars of the NWSL. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing good,
0: Matt. <laughs> I had uh, quite an eventful day, my first day on the job in Chicago. Flew in to Midway. It's been probably 30 years since I've been in Midway Airport. Um, and then I uh, got stuck uh, at a train crossing for about 20 minutes. Made it to training. Had some time with the team, which was very impressed with the team. Obviously, a lot of a lot of good players. Uh, and then spent about three hours with the assistant coaches. Rade got us some Serbian food. Nice. Uh, oh, I love Serbian food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And came back and jumped on a call with the uh, the supporters group just for a couple of minutes. Nice. And now I'm uh, jumping on the call with the next supporters group. That's right. That's right. So College Soccer Nation
1: is uh, is thrilled uh, that you've made the jump into the pros. But just uh, we, we have a panel of guests here that are going to jump on and talk to us in a minute. But tell tell the folks, if you don't mind, a little bit of the process on how it's gone. Certainly the last couple of weeks yeah. um, to where you've landed here in, in Chicago.
0: So the, the interview process was the most intense process I've been through and I've been through a few processes, you know, <laughs> applied for a number of jobs at different universities, obviously got some of them, didn't get some of them. Um, you know, I, uh, I interviewed for the women's national team job twice and those interviews were about an hour long. Um, this was, uh, two full weeks of, you know, like, um, uh, meeting with, players, uh, meeting with different people in ownership, um, you know, general manager, um, another meeting with players, sports psychologists. I even had to take one of those, um, personality tests. Oh God, you pass. Yeah. I'm not quite sure. I'm not <laughs> quite sure. Then. I think that's why I went on so long. We're <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know about this guy. <laughs>
1: Uh, you know, I got A plus on mine when I took my personality test. <laughs> yeah. so I have an A plus the, personality. The only
0: test you've gotten an A plus on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh so yeah, through all of that and then obviously a uh, a negotiation period and and we 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 ended up getting it over over the line uh I guess last Thursday and uh announced it on uh on Friday. <clears throat> And I understand I drew some uh, great comparisons on uh, <laughs> social media. Yeah. Someone said yeah. I look like a regular at Applebee's. <laughs> um, I've never been to Applebee's, that, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. <laughs> The only thing I know about Applebee's is like Ricky Bobby. Isn't that where he used to go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any uh, others you want to share? Yeah, someone said that uh, I look like the guy at Sears who, like – sold tires or something like that right <laughs> that, that was me i sent that one no, i'm just kidding i don't even think sears uh, exists anymore i don't even know if
1: they changed tires
0: no i don't, I don't know either. they are sears i think
1: they went of business i thought you bought like refrigerators there and stuff i didn't get really tires maybe it's everything yeah. well that's awesome chris it's uh it's thrilling certainly i'm now a huge chicago red star fan and uh, and certainly excited for you and eve and the crew and and uh, and what you'll do for that team, That team is very, very fortunate to uh, to get okay. you as a coach. And, and I just think you've always been a pro. And now coaching pros makes a lot of sense. But without further ado, we have an esteemed panel. We, of course, have the big deal, Brian Lee from Rice University. But we've also brought in um, um, the national champ. Uh, Mark Kikorian is with us tonight and then also the picker. Eight-time conference champ uh, from so- from uh, Stanford University, Todd Yelton, and the reason we're all here is this podcast started really out of the out of the happy hours we used to have during COVID. The five of us would get together and we'd laugh and we would joke and we would stay on forever because we had nothing else to do. We had no jobs we didn't know if we were going to get paid. No um, and So we sat around, and there was nothing going on. And, uh, and so we, we got together and talked. So fellas, welcome back. You've all been on before, but welcome back to college soccer nation. Thanks Matt. Yeah. It's good to be here. <laughs> uh, Mark, anything that you will let you shoot first at Chris, we want to talk about Chris and kind of his legacy of, of uh, college coach and maybe ask him some questions. So, Mark, you hit, hit him with the first one.
2: Well, for me, I think, uh, and I hope, Chris, you know how um, thrilled I am for you, but more importantly, respect the the body of work that you've done over the years and uh, know that uh, you're now into the next phase and into the right spot. I hope that you'll still talk with us peasants in the college. <laughs> and all, but, uh, um, I remember, I, I will share this one story with you. Um, I think it was the first time I met Chris. I was coaching the University of Hartford and we were stupid enough to go down and play uh, at Carolina against Notre Dame and Carolina on the same weekend. Mm. Uh, we got whacked by one and then we got whacked by the next one. <laughs> but uh, Chris said to me at that time, he gave us some pretty good advice. He said, you know, Mark, if you, the only time you play Carolinas in the NCAA tournament. You're never going to beat them. You need to play them in the regular season and, uh, figure it out and then, uh, study them and, and prepare for them in that fashion. You give yourself a chance and it stayed with me for 25 years or so from the, the day that that came, uh, came out of Chris's mouth to me. And, uh, I would say over the course of time, that has been invaluable information. So that one little nugget there has uh, certainly served me and my teams uh, very, very well, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled for you. I look forward to watching the, the next part of the journey for you and Eve and, uh, uh, look forward to uh, supporting you. You know, you know, Mark. You know, Mark. He gave. He gives us
1: now that um, advice against you. Play him in the regular season, well, but somehow none of us have
0: been able to come close. <laughs> no, to me, I, you I think. I think it's it's the advice that I need now to get to Carolina about playing Florida State. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, that's good. All right, Brian. You got a question?
3: I do, Chris. You you've uh, obviously had an illustrious career. Tons of, tons of winning and you've coached at some great schools. So you've kind of got a unique perspective to me to, to tell the listeners about, talk about the evolution of women's college soccer from your Notre Dame days to
0: Texas days to
3: SMU days.
0: Yeah, it's, it's so different. Uh, When, when I, when I took the job at at Notre Dame in 1989, I believe, um, it was, uh, there were 80 teams in Division I. Um, and, and that's when it started growing, you know, right there to whatever we have now, 350 or some crazy number. Um, and the players that we had at the time, um, and I think the players across, across the board in college soccer were good players. Um, but the good players were, first of all, centered around just, you know, two or three schools maybe. And um, they were good, you know, they're good technical players, but the difference now is the quality of the athlete I mean, the quality of the athlete right now is fantastic. And, you know, we're getting the best athletes in our country playing our sport now. It wasn't necessarily the case then, you know, we saw a lot in, in volleyball really, was was kind of, Um, the bigger, the bigger sport and, and getting most of the players. So um, it's, it's evolved to a point where there are great athletes playing and there are quality players all over the country and every team you play has somebody who can play, you know, every team you play um, and it doesn't matter, you know, what their record is or anything like that. They have, they have, you know, a player or two that are real quality players and, you know, Back then, and 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 uh, you know, maybe Mark remembers some of it a little bit. Um, you know, you'd play teams in I don't know your conference your conference tournament, and you'd win ten nothing or something like that. You'd play teams in the NCAA tournament, and I think one year we beat UCLA in the quarterfinal eight nothing. You know, you would never see that now. I mean, you know, the games now are so, now so different and so much harder and. Um, so much more difficult to win, uh, and that's why, you know, that's why you're seeing, you know, multiple teams that that are able to compete, you know, for a national championship. When there was a time when
2: when, when there was only
0: one, you know, where Carolina was the only one, only team that could win. So very different.
3: Yeah the the only uh, the only team who runs through their conference schedule like that nowadays is Sanford Bulldogs.
1: That's exactly right. That's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs>
4: exactly
3: right. <laughs> Dada, you got a question there for, for Chris? Well,
4: first I just tell Chris. I'm uh, over the moon for him. Uh, a bit sad for us because I've always so much enjoyed him being in the college game and um, I'm thankful for the advice he's given me uh, over the years, um, for sure. And um, you know, I have some really hard-hitting questions for him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know you've only been there today, but what's the picking situation
0: look like there? Are you can't <laughs> find a
4: good junk stores.
0: <laughs> I've not, not, not any seen any, but uh given the, the that beard that you're growing right now, you look <laughs> like you could find it anywhere. <laughs> uh, well, you gotta
4: blend in. Chris, you gotta yeah. blend in. <laughs> but you know, I, I think that one of the questions I think is a little bit fascinating is in and, and Clearly, you've had experience with this with national team and now, you know, um, being in college and that transition now as you make it to the pro game and just managing players and what you think that's going to look like in, in comparison to your past
0: experiences. Yeah, so th- th- this is an interesting piece that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm already finding out. Um, and, and I think, you know, with the women's national team, there's always been this hierarchy. There's always been like, okay, the veterans, right. And they always talk about the veterans, right. And and honestly, the veterans all protect each other because it protects their jobs and, you know, and, and that sort of thing. And, and I always thought it was, it was funny that it was, you know, it's hard to break in as a younger player um, in into the national teams because the veterans are, are sticking together. I'm finding out that that's, that's the case in, uh, you know, in professional soccer, or at least at least in Chicago, I'm I'm hearing that I'm I'm hearing that right away. The veterans, you know, do this. The veterans get this. The veterans get that. Uh, and managing that will be interesting, right? And and you know, you're bringing new players into the team. You're bringing these young players into the team. Uh, I talked to a couple of the kids who were who were draft choices uh, after training. I asked them about what it was like when they because they've been training about three weeks. I said, what was it like? You know, the first few days and they're like oh we're so nervous and you know was looking next to me and mal Pugh was standing there and you know i've got a poster over on my wall and you know (laughs) those kind of things and you know and then you know she scored last night and you know i was telling i was telling all my friends at home look that's my teammate that's my teammate so you know you got those kids coming into an environment with women you know you've got players on your team that are you know in their 30s and um established and and been around a long time and trying to blend those those uh, two groups, I think, will be part of the challenge and 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 quite interesting.
1: It's a good answer, Chris. I got a question for you. So think of over in 1989, by the way, I was graduating high school. That's a long time ago. But anyway. Thinking over your I'm entire man, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you that you graduated. Yeah, just barely. Just barely. It took
4: it a couple of times. Yeah, exactly.
1: Times. Second grade was hard. Anyway, um, so over that time, you've had obviously fantastic assistant coaches. I don't think there's any question. There's been fantastic assistant coaches that have really kind of carried you, if you think, through your whole career. But my biggest question is, if you were to rank your assistant coaches, really from one to how many you've had, how how many? I, what is the ranking of assistant coaches that you'd be willing to you know start a podcast with and really make the successful <laughs> podcast? How what is that ranking? Who who's kind of like first, second, third, whatever?
0: Well, when it comes to picking lunch. You uh-huh. First, boom! You, That's, you, I, just you first first. I just want to be first in
1: something. I just wanted to be first in something. Nobody, nobody <laughs> could pick lunch like you should not. <laughs> uh, we had good choices there in Austin, but in all seriousness, no. Back to the real question: Talk to me about when you look back again. And obviously, you have a, a a big a big future in front. It's not like you're you know retiring or something like that. But you look back at your legacy in the college game. What do you want it to look like? What do you think it looks like? What do you hope it looks
0: like? um i you know for me it's always been about the players you know and 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 i hope it continues to be that way for me it will be that it will continue to be that way for me so you know the the legacy may maybe is more in you know who are the players that you were fortunate enough to to recruit and coach and uh and then you know what those players did you know it was always a uh big moment for me when when a player of mine played for the national team like and 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 actually got in a game you know Mm -hmm. um i always thought those were those were big moments so again a a lot of it is for me is always based on the players and 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 uh, what they do like the you know the wins and losses are are many times what we're judged by uh, and, and rightfully so, um, that's, you know, that's our society and, and we have winners and we have losers and and that's okay. Um, but I, I, I look back on it and think about just the, the players, you know, and how much I enjoyed working with those, all of the players, but really those top, top level kids. Who's your best player all time? Uh, that's a hard one. Um, there, there's, there's, uh. You know, the, the, the best soccer player all time for me was Annie Makinen, um, who was a player from Finland who played for us at Notre Dame. But um, the best college soccer player was Cindy Dawes, um, mm. you know, because she was such a winner, you know, and, and she could do all kinds of different things and, and lead really, you know, at a, at a different level that, you know, Again, actual soccer player, Ane was probably a better soccer player than Cindy, but Cindy had those leadership qualities that were hard for Ani with a, you know, different language and and things like that. It's interesting. What do you got, Brian?
3: Well, related to that, Chris, well, related to a couple of things that that you guys talked about. Number one, has the kit man job been filled in Chicago (laughs) yet? (laughs) I got a candidate. We we all profile a certain way. I think you're a a pro coach and maybe a national team coach, and I'm excited where the next 10 years goes for you. If I've ever known a kit man
0: who would just kill it, it's Matt. It's true. true. Actually, they just hired a kit man, a guy that's Chicago Bears. He had a little more experience at it, Matt. Chicago Bears? Yeah. Wow, that's nice. He might have nudged you. That's
3: out. (laughs) The, uh But along Matt's question, and talk about your uh, most fulfilling wins. That 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 win this year in the playoffs with SMU yeah. over Texas. Where does that fall? Yeah. Yeah. You know, what are the ones you look back on and say, "Hey, that was significant," or or the you know the most. I mean, you
0: know, obviously the 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 win against North Carolina in '95 in the semifinal. Um, which I think a lot of people thought was, you know, you look back on it, you thought it was the final it was actually the semifinal because, you know, they had won nine years in a row and uh, had never lost a, a playoff game at home. Um, so that was pretty significant, I'd say. <laughs> um, you know, that, you got that one and then you got, and then the final itself um, where, you know, we, we played, I, I think, four overtimes, because back then you just played until until somebody scored. Um, so, you know, the one in the final as well. I, I'll tell you what, Brian, I've had some significant losses, too, along the way. <laughs> there are some, you know, there's some that you, you know, you definitely remember along the way. I mean, the game against, the game against Texas, um, obviously, personally, there was a lot, you know, a lot riding on it. Um, but in the sort of big national picture, it was the second round NCAA tournament game first round first round sorry first round of the team yeah I gave you that softball I I forgot the second round I forgot about the second round who we played in the second round (laughs) because the game was over in three minutes (laughs) you
1: know I got a good story though Brian for you about Chris so Chris and I are sitting around one day and I'm complaining about a game I played and I won't say any names but he might have coached at Florida State before Mark at some point before Mark and maybe he's in your conference but anyway we were playing in a game, a regular season game. And uh, when I was at Auburn and they won in overtime and he dogpiled on the field. And I, and then we, I had this happen again to me a different time. And I was saying to Chris, you know, Chris, I got to tell you, I could win the national championship, be the head coach national championship in overtime. And I promise you, I would not dogpile. Not because I'd hurt somebody that was part of it. but it just would not do that. Right. <laughs> and Chris said, Matt, I did win a national championship in sudden death in overtime and I didn't dog pie. but i like, exactly. So the class that Chris, you know, as much as I joke on the class that he has and carries himself with is, is just different level. It's a pro it's a pro. Matt,
4: Matt yeah? the funny part about that whole story when I, when, when Chris is telling that. <clears throat> so Chris and I go to Costa Rica with the region team and I don't know Chris particularly well. Right. And we get to chat in a little bit and we start talking about, the North Carolina game, and my family's from North Carolina. I mean, I cheered for North Carolina in soccer back then, and I make the mistake of telling Chris that I cheered for North Carolina in a game that took place 15 years ago, yeah. and he was pissed off at me all yes, night. I still
0: am, I All right, that's not right, you know. Uh, <laughs> you're yeah, home exactly out of the event, yeah. No, the, you know the thing about that—that—that that, uh, that final when we won, um, you know, Clive was was on the other sideline, and I have such, had such great respect for him, um, and he was always, always so good to me um, that I couldn't. The first thing I wanted to do was talk to him, you know, and and, and share a moment with him because I just I, I just thought like this guy, you know. Played at eye level, coached everybody. Everybody loved him, you know. And uh, I, I felt bad for him because the way it ended, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, although I'd rather have it happen to him than happen to me. So, <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 what, do you, what do you think, Mark? You got something? <laughs> uh, so, so Chris, when you're thinking back at all of these uh, different years and different teams and different players and so on. Uh, is there anything you look back at and you think, well, if I had the the opportunity to do this differently or to yeah. do something over again? So some advice for some young coaches that may be listening yeah. that uh, you, you look at. And, again, the climate and the, the, everything has changed a little bit in the world of uh, – in the world and in the world of uh, soccer. But is yeah. there anything you look at differently? Or you yeah, no, uh,
0: for sure. I mean, I was uh, too stubborn um, at Texas – Um, I, I felt like I wanted to do it with kids from Texas. Uh, I wanted to do it as much as I could with American kids. Uh, I felt like, you know, we should be able to get the best players and and all of that. And, and what I didn't do was when, when we maybe lost a player here and there, uh, I didn't really expand my network enough. Um, I should have looked more at some foreign players. Um, I should have looked into, you know, Canada and being in Texas. I should have looked into Mexico and 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 some places like that and and overseas some. And started to do it a little bit towards the end of my time there. But I was really mm-hmm. stubborn about it. Like I, you know, I was like, and "We can do this with just kids from Texas," and that's what really everybody wanted to happen at Texas. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, I, I was maybe a little naive, you know, in, in thinking that I could do that.
2: So taking it one step further now, you're going into the new environment, professional environment. Um, certainly, it sounds like you have a good sense that there is in every one of these teams, as well as the national team, a bit of a divide between the veterans and the young ones, right? So what is it you think is going to be the most vital thing? And how can you measure success, right? Everybody else has been in preseason for three weeks. They've picked their roster. Everybody has got all this team set. And you're walking in the door now, three weeks into preseason. You know, most of the players, many of the players you know, simply because you're, you're such a, so ingrained in the game of women's soccer. But you probably haven't worked with hardly any of them. So, you know, how are you going to measure success?
0: Yeah, I, I think, first of all, I, I'm, I'm pretty fortunate that I'm walking into an environment where where the assistant coaches have been running it for three weeks. And they've done a fantastic job. I mean, I, I sat down with them for, I don't know, three, like I said, three hours or so today. Um, and they have done a fantastic job. I mean, they, they're organized. The quality of, of their work has been outstanding. Um, I think they've, they've got the team in a, in a really good place. Um you know, we're, we're measuring success is is an interesting, always interesting because again, the society tells us it's it's wins and losses. And you know, if you ask a, a Red Stars fan right now, anything less than a championship, you know, you failed, right? I mean, you have a team that's that was in the final, you know, the last couple of years, and and uh, so anything less than getting there is is a failure. Uh, again i go back to the players i always go back to the players you know have we at the end of every year i always look at you know did we make them any better you know and and if we if we didn't then then we failed you know we, we failed the players and if we did then there is some success there so i always look at sort of the growth of the players and have we had any impact on the players so it's going to take me a little time before i'm ready to have some impact on the players because i don't know the players that well. Uh, but I will tell you that one of the first things I'll do is uh, we're, we're setting them, we're starting to set them up tomorrow. Um, is just sit down with each one of them and try to figure out, you know, what makes them tick and, and uh, where do they need some help? And, um, you know, how, how, how can I push the right buttons to, to get them to play it at their top level? And, and you know what, if, I mean, if you, if you get your, your players, all playing at their top level, you got a pretty good chance to win. I know I think I think those two things end up going together.
1: Not a surprise. Walking in with other good assistants carrying the load. It's just kind of how he rolls everywhere he goes. I mean, if I remember
0: right, man, I didn't walk in to you carrying the load. <laughs>
1: no, but I got there. I started carrying. When you
3: uh, got there, we had some pretty good players.
1: Yes, <laughs> we did. That's the only reason I came. All right.
3: Uh Brian, what do you got? I don't know. I I just uh, was going to note that Chris did say his biggest disappointment was while he was at Texas. (laughs) (laughs) It seemed to coincide with around a four or five year spell.
1: uh, He ate well then, gained 20 pounds. (laughs) uh,
3: Chris, what do you think about, uh, you know, you've been lucky enough to leave some great jobs for other great jobs. So a lot of the people listening to the podcast would be younger coaches or not even necessarily younger coaches who, you know, might have some apprehension about a move like SMU to the Red Stars, what, you know, or Notre Dame to Texas. What what kind of advice could you give them? Well, look, we, you know,
0: we all have uh, our own thing, right? And I know, you know, Mark's been fortunate enough (laughs) to to be at a place for a long time and feel really, really comfortable with it. Um, I mean, I'm, a um, I don't know. I get, uh, I get antsy and, and, you know, if you look at my career, it's, it's been 10 years and then it's time to move. (laughs) And, uh, and I feel like I'm, a um, I'm maybe more of a builder than I am a maintainer. Um, you know, I I think we have to sort of recognize what we're good at and, and, and what we're doing for me. I, I think it, you know it was sort of the, that process of, uh, of building the program so um but i think you can't be afraid of change you know and i think change is good and i think every time i've changed it's it's uh i've learned more and more um and it's challenged me and you know this is this is one where i probably could have finished my career where i was at smu and uh it would be, it would have been easy to do that. Um, but I, this challenge is, uh, it's already excited me and, and um, I'm, I'm already, I feel different today than I felt yesterday. Um, I, I, I have this real sense of purpose right now that, you know, you know, when, you, when you're in college soccer, like, it, it's like this, uh, it's like the, you know, that little wheel that the mouse gets on right that wheel just keeps yeah, going we all, ahead, right? we, we all know that we all know that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you're yeah. running you're running and the wheel's going around and it's like if it stops it stops on january well every january this is what i do right yeah. every february this is what i do when august comes around this is what i do and it, and it's the same you know year to year to year and this is different right this is a it's a different calendar it's a different season it's uh you know different challenge and. And all of that, and so, you know, I'm sure there's a wheel to to be in the NWSL. I, I'm sure there is. Uh, I just haven't been around it yet, right? So it's it's pretty exciting right now.
1: That's really well said, man. My wheel's slow. I don't know about you guys. I can't <laughs> I can't move that thing very fast.
4: <laughs> uh, Toddie, what do you got? Oh, I don't know. I think that's when he's talking about the wheel, I was thinking about well, until COVID hit, and that's how all this happened, right? Yeah, <laughs> we know that's what, right. We didn't know what to that's do. Right. We really didn't know what to do, and we spent a good portion of it, as I remember, Matt, making fun of you, I think, was one of the uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. key. <laughs> well, it was the two of us, back and forth. Let's keep it real. You know. Took a lot of uh, I do have a question for Christo from a standpoint, like, um, you know, the challenges of the pro game now, because it, it at one point in time, the best opportunities were in the States, and that seems to be expanding, obviously, to France and England and – all yeah. over yeah um, uh, how do you see how do you see the program game being able to uh, stay competitive with those with those leagues abroad
0: it's getting harder and harder um, you know because of the, the amount of investment that that's going on in some of the other countries mm-hmm. so um, you know one we need investment you know we we need to continue to find people who will invest in the sport and, and grow the sport and, and uh, in order to grow the sport, you need cash. Right. And if we're going to, if we're going to compete for, you know, players against those leagues, financially we're going to have to compete. Um, I see, I, uh, but I see it as, you know, if we have less of the uh, martyrs of the world, um, and more of young American players, that mm-hmm. uh, more uh, Mal Pews of the world, uh, that might be better for us. Uh, it might be a better chance for us to um, connect with the public, um, you know, draw better, um, you know, have people that, um, you know, that that maybe the fans can can be attached to a little bit more. So there are going to be more opportunities for young American players. And I think that's a good thing. Um, and I think the more we can, you know, develop those players, the better. But yeah, we want to we want to compete for international superstars as well.
2: You know, like
0: right. you know, there are a number of them out there. I'd love to have on my team, um, but you know, we got to be able to afford them too.
2: <laughs> yeah. The other part of course is keeping the American superstars here. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah and, and and I think that's you know that's been that's been a little bit of an issue and, and will continue to be right uh, in a World Cup year I think a lot of them want to be here um, they want to you know want to stay close to the national team and things like that so um, but as you get out of these these World Cup years I think I think that that's a, a bit of a challenge but you know what we got to do is we got to create good environments for them like if if the environment is good they're happy um, they're getting better they're getting coached you know they enjoy their teammates. Uh, I think it helps some. All right.
1: So, and again, as we started, this is how this started with this happy hour. And as as Chris and I decided to start this podcast, we really looked at, you know, how are we going to do this? And and obviously, Mark was off, you know, getting ready to win national championships. And Todd was off picking. And Brian was off running or on the elliptical. We knew just Chris and I were the only two that would be able to commit (laughs) to the kind of time it would take. Um, So now here we are, right? We have an issue. College Soccer Nation is in is in trouble. It's losing half of its uh, half of its brain. And and I will say this. i got to be honest. Chris did do a lot of work for the podcast. (laughs) He lined up a lot of the guests. He uh, wrote the script most weeks. Um, So so I don't know, Mark, you have any ideas of what we can do going forward? Do you have any suggestions? I have had a lot of people reach out and say what's going to happen with College Soccer Nation.
2: And I've asked people they want to audition. I mean, what, what do you think? I told you, I think you got to keep Chris. Uh, he's part of the fabric of all this and uh, women's soccer nation. Let's get rid of college soccer nation, the wealth of knowledge he brings. And now uh, bridging that uh, that uh, level between the college game and into the professional game, it seems like a natural to me. And uh, with the, the, the big deal, the real deal, uh, you know, <laughs> the, uh, you guys make a heck of a group and uh, three of the pickers sitting on the sidelines going <laughs> Our <laughs> can be on occasion As well. So we hear this. Yeah. Ryan What do you good think? Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's be a good too, idea. Chris may be too big time at this point to, to spend time with the, uh, with the president. <laughs> I mean, that's my concern. He's Mr. Big no, shot no.
1: now. He's Mr. Big <laughs> shot. He, he's going to forget. He's going to lose my number tomorrow. I promise you. No,
0: no no, 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 That, that, that will not happen. You guys will, will always stay close.
3: Brian. Uh, I'm very pro women's soccer nation onward and upward. There you go. Yeah, I mean, we got to grow the, grow the fan base, right? The sponsors
4: are going to want it. The
1: sponsors are going to want it. What do you think? That's why
4: Mark wins national championships because he thought of that. And then the rest of us did.
2: (laughs) 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 All we thought about is how do we replace Chris? (laughs) (laughs) Chris, You can't fool any of us. We know that you spend the majority of your time counting all those rings. That's, that's, right. Right. that's right, that's
4: well, right. I, 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 I do think Chris is is very much a vital part of it, and I'm not going to say who one of the guests was, but it was like Chris Petroselli and the other guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's
1: Anson. Anson has, still has no idea who I am. I've met him 10 times.
3: I've met him 10 I times.
1: Love. I played golf with him twice. Still doesn't know who I am. It's all good. Unforgettable. Not quite an impression. <laughs> yes yes no doubt. no doubt all right fellas listen we appreciate it chris if you can stay on we'll finish this up yeah but um again uh we appreciate it and uh we'll get back with you boys thanks for coming on yeah great to see you
2: guys it. all right good luck chris <laughs> thank you
1: all right chris uh segment three i think is a lot about what uh mark talked about right could we maybe do it You have to find out from your end, but that would be exciting. I think we have a lot of people that want us to keep going, and I think Women's Soccer Nation would be great. I have, um, you know, some people that I think could fill in at times when you can't, and I don't know. What do you think?
3: Brian, Brian, what do you think? I'm totally pro. Great idea. Women's Soccer Nation, we can expand a little to other things. That'd be great.
0: Um, Matt. Yeah. I never got the uh, script, so I don't even know what segment (laughs) three is. Okay.
3: (laughs) That tells you how much problems we're having already. (laughs) The script was a little shorter than most weeks. Come on. Yeah,
1: it had five lines on it, I think. Uh, Anyway, this has been a great show. I mean, the only question I have, Chris, is where are we at with the Cubs' uh, season tickets? You got those yet? I feel like you should get those.
0: Or the Blackhawks. I've been on the the ground for eight hours in Chicago. Darren wants swag. Darren's looking for Red Star swag. Red Star swag. Yeah, come on. All
1: right. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. This has been a good one. We enjoy it. You don't have Power Um, 5? you know, well, I was on the script, but you obviously didn't get it. They shut your email down at SMU already, so I got your email kicked yeah, back. Yeah, they got
0: ready to be quick. Yeah, they <laughs> oh, did. Hold um, on. That means I got to make a new intro and outro. Well, that is disappointing.
1: Oh, yeah. There you go. You can put some work in. I know, um, exactly. All right. Let's wrap this up. Um, Chris, congratulations. Get after oh, it. We know the team's going to be great. They're a huge, huge Chicago Red Star fan. We'll get back to uh, some college stuff. Brian, maybe in a week or two, we'll jump on, go over some games. And, uh, and then let's start where we will start working on women's soccer nation. I think that'd be awesome.
3: Sounds <laughs> cool. All right,
1: good. I know everybody's got a role. Thanks uh, uh, Todd and, and Mark coming on. And Brian, obviously the big deal there. And thanks for producing. I think it's been another fun show, Chris, until we meet again, my friend. Yep. College soccer nation is out.